Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. For those that don't know me, I'm Ron. Hello. (laughs) And I'm here to talk about Route 3. We are in our Get Rooted series of teachings and we're talking about root three this week, community, getting rooted in the local church. And so we want to deal with this topic um, because it's important. And this is like, um, you know, I, I appreciate the ability to stand here in Jerome's stead, um, but this is one that he is extremely passionate about. Because when we talk about the local church and when we talk about church in general, we can't talk about it without talking about community. And so, like, I want to pose the question first before we dig in. What is church? Give me, give me some answers. Yell it out. What is church? When you think of the word church or when you think of church, What do you think about? People, we are the church, body of Christ, God's bride. For some people, it's a building. For some people, it's a service. It's what happens on Sunday morning. Something that maybe when you were younger, you were forced to do. Not everybody thinks along the lines of people or the body or the bride. But Christ's dealing with people and his disciples helps us to understand what church really is. The Greek word for church that was used in scripture is ekklesia or ecclesia, however you pronounce it. It is the called out to be called out from the world to God. A gathering of citizens called out from the homes into some public place or an assembly. In a sense, church is, and not in a sense, but in reality, church is collective. Church is collaborative. Church is community. It's a gathering of the called out ones, the ones set apart by God. The ones that by faith in Christ receive his death, burial, and resurrection and the justification that comes with that. And we together form a body of believers that gather together remembering that, but then telling others about that good news. In Luke 7, 34, we get a picture of Christ, and it says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus got close to the very people that were ostracized by the religious leaders. Jesus got messy 
with the people that the church leaders wanted nothing to do with. And so when we're thinking about church, we're not thinking about piety. We're not thinking about just being up here. And there's that sense of the people that are up here on this platform are different or on another level than the lay people. That's not what we're talking about, and that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that Jesus was a friend of sinners. And so when we talk about community, when we talk about even just the people in your neighborhood, not everybody in your neighborhood is the same. And just like it is out there, so it is here in the church. Not everyone that comes into, through these doors are the same. But Jesus says that we are to befriend whoever comes into the doors, whoever comes as a part of the community of faith. Not just the community of this building. Acts 2, 42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, as many as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to the number those who were being saved. This is the church. This is the community. It's the people. It's the fellowship. It's the gathering together, the breaking of bread or the Lord's Supper, remembering his death, burial, and resurrection. But more importantly, sharing that good news with others as the family of faith begins to grow. And every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What would it look like for us to be the bride, the body, to be in community? It doesn't just look like us within the four walls fellowshipping together only. While us fellowshipping is great and we need to do it more outside of the building, we also need to fellowship with those who may not look like us, may not talk like us, they may not have the church lingo, they may not even believe like us. But through us, they can come to faith in Christ. That's community. God's been dealing with me a lot about community and going beyond my home. I said the last time I spoke 
I am very introverted. The way that I recharge is at home. And now I'm working from home, so like, I would just spend all my time in the house. But we have children, and so we take the kids outside, and as soon as we go outside, the whole neighborhood wants to come to our house and hang. And you know what? Not all of them believe. Not all of them are saved. Some are Jewish. Some are of other faith backgrounds. Some atheist. But what God has shown me is that we are being the light in our community. And so it's not about me staying to myself, keeping the message of hope to myself, but I share it, not even just in word, but in deed to my neighbor. Because the reality is God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does. There is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves for God. Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags, the scripture says. Yet God chooses to use the filthy rags to clean up the messes in the earth. He chooses to use us. Ashton was saying it. We were in the back talking about it, and he came out and talked about it with the announcements. God uses the unlikely thing to get his message across in the kingdom. And when we talk about community, we talk about us being the body, being the church, not just in the four walls, but being the church out there. Because for some, for some people, our lives may be the only Bible that they read. Understanding God's heart for church is to understand that it doesn't matter your background, race, vocation, where you are or where you go. Being rooted in the local church body is always about people. Always. Church is us. There was a, I used to live in Waukegan, Illinois. There was a small subdivision of properties that were developed. Uh, it was maybe about as big as a city block. And there were duplexes that they had, per that they had built. And for a great amount of time, I want to say it was like six months to a year, they sat there uninhabited. Six months to a year, nobody had purchased these buildings or these homes. And I said that to say that those houses sat there vacant, unused. On my way home, there's two church buildings on Hagedorn 
that are empty. But does the church cease to be the church if the building is uninhabited? Without people inside of a building, the building itself is useless. But that doesn't mean that the church is useless if no one is in the building. Why? Because the church is in you. We are the ones, not the building, that are called, set apart for God's use. The goal is always to build people, not a building or an organization. We sing, we preach, we teach, we have groups, we get together, we have dinner, we talk, we have conversations for the edifying of the saints, for the building of God's kingdom. And so we don't shy away from getting close to one another because the church is a family. The church is a family on mission at war. We are a family. We are all born of God based on the completed work of justification through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We are connected because of what God did. And because of that connection, even in a normal body, you have all different parts. You have your eyes, your ears, your brain, your nervous system. You have your internal organs. You have your arms, your legs. But all of these things make up one body. And so the church has many different parts, people who play many different roles, but we are still one body. Church is on mission. We are commissioned to make disciples, actively working out our sanctification with each other. We are set apart and Christ lives and works through us for the glory of God and for the sake of our neighbor. What God does for us, what God has done for us, the, the places that we work, the, the places that we frequent, where we shop, where we come across people every day, our mission is to share the good news in whatever way that looks like. It may not necessarily be through handing, out, handing them a Bible or talking specifically about Scripture. Sometimes it's just showing up for someone who needs groceries. Sometimes it's just seeing friends out to dinner and paying for dinner. Sometimes it's inviting someone over for dinner. But whatever that looks like in your life, know, don't forget that we are on mission. 
that the good news of the gospel needs to be spread. And it's not just communicated through a pulpit. That came about in what, the mid to late 1500s. So it's not even a recent thing. The church in Acts, they, they didn't have a platform. No one was up teaching. They just got together and they shared. And they talked about what had happened to this Jesus of Nazareth. And when they came in contact to others, they said, have you heard about this Jesus? Let's sit down. Let's converse. Let's talk about it. Let's break bread. Our mission is to continue to build people. Why? Because we are at war. Ephesians 6, 12 through 13 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So even though we are at war, the weapons of our warfare are not physical. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual for the purpose of building and edifying God's kingdom. Building the person, the reason why the body of Christ has the gifts that they have is for the edification of the saints so that we are built up to be able to be sent out. We are in a spiritual battle and the only way to accomplish our mission is with the help of our spiritual family. So why the word local? We talk about church, we talk about the local church and being connected, being rooted in a local church. Why is that important? Because proximity matters. Being close matters. What would it have looked like and how effective would Jesus's ministry have been if he was not close to people. This one rocked me because I love people and when it is time for me to relax and recharge, sometimes I just want to be alone. Is there anybody that's like that? Am I by myself? Like in, in those moments of frustration, in those moments of just your day has just completely wiped you out. You just want to get somewhere and just be alone for a moment. Maybe, you know, with my wife, with my kids, but for the most part, just, just sit. But what did, Jesus, what did we see in Jesus? What, did, what was his example? How did he handle it? Not only did he come down from heaven, put on flesh, 
and pitch his tent among people. But they got to see him at some of his high points and his low points. And there were, there were some times where he stole away to pray, but for the most part, his disciples were with him. Proximity matters. Community always allows us to show common unity with Jesus as our source. That unity looks like sometimes our neighbors seeing us not at our best. Remember Thomas? After Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to the disciples. One, one minute, the door is locked. They're in there, and then here's Jesus. And he was divine enough to walk through the door, yet he was still human enough for them to physically see and feel his scars. And it was his scars that gave integrity to his words. It was his wounds, them being able to see and feel the wounds that allowed them to know that what he was saying, what he had been saying this whole time was the truth. And sometimes your neighbor needs to see your scars. Sometimes your neighbor needs, it would help new believers to know that people that have been in the faith for years still struggle. But if we're not in community, if we're not connected, they don't get to see that part. They just see what's happening up here. But if all they see is us at our best, then they, they have no reference point for when things get hard for them. But us being close allows us to show, hey, look, I struggle too. I don't have it all together in this area. But you know what? God's grace is sufficient. Last point, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. The body is not one part, but many. And all of those parts are connected. One day, Christ is going to return for his church. He's not coming for buildings. He's coming for people. He's coming for his disciples. He's coming for the ones that are following him, following his ways. And so discipleship looks like, community looks like, church 
looks like getting close and getting messy. Let's be the body. Let's be the church. Let's exhibit community. One of Jerome's, one of the quotes that I hear him say a lot is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for this community of believers. God, draw us together. Draw us closer together. Let us begin to have conversation. Let us begin to get messy. Let us begin to form true community even further than we've gone before. Some might say, well, I'm, I'm already doing that. I talk to so many people. I, I have lunch and have dinner with so many people. Father, I pray that you would give us a heart and a thirst for more. Help us to come alongside those that may not be in fellowship and in community. And help us to share your message so that the community can continue to grow. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Rachel Bunnell is going to come up. and She's going to talk to us a little bit more about getting rooted. It's been a pleasure, City Life. I love you. Thanks, Ron. As a fellow introvert, I really appreciated that. <laughs> um, my name is Rachel, and um, wanted to just share an example um, that God has given us in nature of uh, something that does community really, really well. Um, so I don't know if you all are familiar with the redwood trees, um, but we've got a picture of them here. And these trees are, I've never seen them in person, but even pictures of them are just breathtaking. Um, they are huge. They can grow to be 300 feet tall. Um, they live for thousands of years. So these are some of the oldest and biggest living organisms that we have. Um, and, you know, you can see this picture right here. This is a, a grown person, I think, an adult. Um, and they look tiny, right? Like these trees are huge, 300 feet tall. Um, and their roots somehow are about as long as that person. They're about five to six feet deep. Um, and so, you know, if you think about that, you've got this huge tree and it's, it's being rooted just by tiny roots. Um, so how are they doing this? You might have guessed the answer is community. So um, they grow not by themselves, they grow in these groves. Um, they grow with neighbors and their roots um, intertwine with each other. So they, and they're so intertwined that they actually fuse together. Um, so as they grow, they have this incredibly strong base where, um, you know, a large grove of these are in California with really harsh conditions, fierce winds, you know, they have um, to battle all of these things, but they live for thousands of years because when one of them struggles, the others help. So through those fused roots, they actually will send food to each other. Um, they'll send water to each other. If one of them's having a hard time, they have fungus that lives in the roots that will actually tell their neighbors, I need help. 
um, and their neighbors will send food to them. Um, and so uh, week one, and my husband Caden um, was going to be here with me today, um, but he's homesick, so have him in your prayers. Um, but one thing that really struck him was week one of this series, there were all of those little trees on the steps. Um, and they were in these little pots so that we could each take one home. Um, and what struck him was that the power of those trees is really only realized when it comes out of its pot. Um, so it can't connect, it can't have that strength unless it first makes itself vulnerable. Um, so it's kind of risky to come out of your pot, especially, like I said, I'm an introvert. I like to be at home too. Um, and even more than that, I like to keep my thoughts, my struggles, not so much my opinions, but I like to keep those things to myself. Um, and so the idea of coming out of my pot and letting people see where my weaknesses are, like that's scary. Um, but how else am I going to get help if I'm not willing to say, hey, like I need something. Um, and I know for some of us that's easier and some of us receiving things is hard um, or giving things is hard. And sometimes it's both at different times of our lives, but um, just the power that comes from coming out of our pots, showing people who we really are, um, I think that's where belonging comes from. And that's, I think, the local church, belonging to something, being taken care of, and knowing that when your neighbor is struggling, you're going to struggle. You should struggle if your neighbor is struggling, but you're going to do better together um, than you would on your own. Because when your neighbor is healthy and successful, you are going to be too, and you're going to have more abundance together. All right, we're going to have a video real quick. Um, this video is called Why Church? Let's check it out. We are the church. The original word for church is ecclesia, which should not mean a building, but a called out and set apart people gathering together to worship God in the open for all to see, a sign and a wonder. We gather to stir up one another in love and point to Jesus. It is not the building, but God's people that he is building. We are God's family, and we have God as our Father, which lets us be brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a miracle to be in the family of God because of the blood of Jesus. We are a body, many different parts, different roles, personalities, colors, ages, but connected with Jesus as the head. We are one, united in Jesus. We're a team, using our time, talents, and treasures together to love one another, serve, and work for God's glory. Together is better. We are on mission to witness the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth, to testify and witness. We are the movement of the living God to the world. We are the bride of Christ Jesus. Our wedding groom will come back for the ultimate marriage with the church, the greatest love story that ever existed. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone was the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places.
We're just going to. Hey Amen. The worship team is going to sing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and so with that, just continue to think about ways that you can be the church, ways that you can increase community and fellowship as we worship together. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you holy and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. I'm filled, I'm filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. I'm filled with wonder, I'm filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name, Jesus.
everything he's everything he's our all in all just rest in that if it's peace you need he's everything if it's joy you need the joy of the Lord is your strength he's everything Jesus, we thank you for being our source. Jesus, we thank you for being our source. All that's good and perfect comes from you. Thank you for being everything that we need. pray for this church body. We pray for this community. We pray, Father, that we be rooted first in you. But importantly, that we be rooted in this church, in this community, doing life together. pray for our work week. We pray for everything that we're going to be doing and encountering this week. That God, you go before us. And that Father, you, we pray you see us through it. We thank you that we don't have to go through this life alone. But that we have a community to do it together we thank you we worship you in Jesus name everyone said amen God bless you city life thank you so much we'll be back next week 10 a.m. and 1130 all races all faces all ages you belong here we're gonna keep loving the city one life at a time and we won't stop until he makes all things new have the best day of your lives Shoot.
listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.